0: Some media still fighting the opening of Manitoba. And some Manitobans calling for the cancelling of Canada Day. This and more on the Manitoba Freethinker Podcast. Alright, welcome back to another show ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are having a wonderful day as always. Quick question, are you guys celebrating Canada Day? Uh if you guys are, let me know in the comments below what you uh and your family are planning on doing. And if you're not, let me know if it is uh if COVID-19 is affecting your plans or if it's the growing trend to cancel Canada Day. And that trend is in regards to the finding of the residential grave sites all throughout Canada. But uh, either way, folks, let me know in the comments below what your plans are. Okay, Manitoba. Today, Brent Rusin held a conference today to give us a COVID-19 update. The current five-day test positivity rate is 6.2% provincially and 5.8% in Winnipeg. Currently, there are 50 Manitobans in the ICU due to COVID-19. 11 of them are still out of province, and uh, all 11 are in Ontario. So that is down a good amount from the previous weeks when it was hovering in the high 70s. So as of 9.30 a.m., there were 61 cases that have been identified And no new deaths were reported as of today. But unfortunately, there was a nine-year-old little girl who died yesterday uh, due to COVID-19. Now, this is a horrible situation. Truly, it is. And my heart goes out to the family. But this is a glaring example of how our media is failing us again. They they just rely on fear porn for you to read the articles and for you to get the clicks that they need. That's all they want. It's just, it's just clickbait. Dr. Russen made it clear that he's not going to release all the data, it being a minor and all, but the little girl did have underlying medical conditions. Now, you would never know that by just reading all the headlines and all the articles that are being printed throughout Manitoba, Just trying to scare the population and having them think that this is just a regular healthy nine-year-old girl that died. Now, I know this doesn't make any difference to the family involved. And again, my heart goes out to them. But this is an important piece of information for Manitobans to have in order to make decisions that are best for them and for their family. Like, they need to know if, you know, healthy nine-year-old girls are now getting or healthy nine-year-old kids are getting um, a higher transmission rates and higher infection rates with severe outcomes. This is something Manitobans need to know. But the way the media portrays it is um, they leave you guessing and they leave you scared. So here's Dr. Rusin from that press conference explaining that. Uh, yesterday... Uh, We announced uh, that a female under the age of 10 uh, died uh, related to COVID-19, and this is uh, another tragedy uh, during this pandemic, and I'd like to extend my condolences to the family and loved ones. Uh, We're obviously going to protect the privacy of this individual and their family. Um, in, in keeping with uh, prior announcements, we, we can confirm that there were underlying health uh, conditions present, but we're not going to be sharing any more details related to this uh, uh, individual. And again, our, our condolences go out to their family and, and loved ones. So this is something that you would never get from just reading, you know, the news articles. Uh, you'd actually have to listen to like the news conferences in order to get all the details to make a proper decision for you and your family. So, um, and that's something that all Manitobans, of course, are not going to do. They don't have time to listen to all these news conferences, unfortunately, like I do. But Dr. Rusin kept going on uh, about a uh, post pandemic. He throughout the whole uh, conference, again, like last conference, the same thing. He goes on about a post pandemic where Manitoba Health will be giving out advice as opposed to setting out regulations and restrictions. But with how our media reports things, it's going to make it very difficult to make an honest decision um, for you and your family. And, you know, for many Manitobans who just read the headlines and the talking points are going to be extremely misled, and I think on purpose, I would say, from our media. I mean, already questions are coming out from our media about the fourth wave, And if it's a good idea for Manitoba to be opening up at all. And I mean, these journalists must have their head in the sand because every other jurisdiction around the country is opening up. Manitoba is lagging behind and our media seems to be scared of just basic freedoms. But honestly, I don't think that's a real reason. I think they need the COVID nineteen to scare people, and they need to keep printing their scary headlines and getting those clickbait articles. That's I think what it's all about. Uh, Doctor Rusin said during this conference, like he did last one, um, due to vaccine uptake numbers, Manitoba may hit their next target of the four, three, two, one Great Summer Plan a little early, and again move to open up the province um, before the um, set date. Currently, we need, um, to, to hit the second target date, we need 75% of Manitobans to get their first vaccination shot and 50% to get their second vaccination shot. So this is something our media pushed back against immediately, stating that shouldn't we wait one or maybe two incubation periods before loosening up, which is crazy. Like, do you guys remember, uh, like, 15 months ago when the whole point of these restrictions were to bend the curve and save the healthcare system? It was never to eliminate COVID-19 or to stop all cases. This is something that's not going away. We're never going to get rid of COVID-19, Uh just like the flu. So it's something Manitoba is going to have to deal with yearly. So now that every Manitoban age 12 and up... They have access to the vaccine and they can get fully immunized if they choose. So just for the fact that we have the necessary vaccines available, Manitoba should open up just like other jurisdictions are throughout the country. At this point, it becomes a choice for Manitobans and and Manitoba Health should move immediately to just giving out advice and stop implementing restrictions on Manitobans. Um, At the Lila site, for example, um, at the Lila site from June 30th to July 4th, uh, they'll be offering 12 to 17-year-olds walk-up Pfizer doses on a first-come, first-served basis, and all other super sites, except for the RBC Convention Center, also will be offering walk-ups to all age limits, Um, but there will be limited numbers for the walk-ups, but like always, you could always just book your first or second appointment if you want. So, like I said, at this point, it's it's now a choice for Manitobans who want to get immunized. So, I think Manitoba Health, because our healthcare system is not overrun, and vaccine numbers are only going to go up, that we should now definitely follow the lead of other jurisdictions and start opening up. But I do find it odd that there's a push from our media about opening opening up Manitoba. But yet, when it was announced that uh, Manitoba's hoping uh, for the calling for in-students, or sorry, for students to be in-person in school next year, they were silent on that. Even though Manitobans 11 and under won't be vaccinated at all as of now. Like, it doesn't make any sense. They want the kids in school who are unvaccinated, but adults who have a choice to be fully immunized, they don't want them to have their rights and freedoms back. Like, even the media doesn't make any sense. They're all over the place. I mean, I don't even know if we call them rights at this point. You know, they seem to be more like privileges that the government could just take away. Um, Rights and freedoms are supposed to be guaranteed to us. We're still waiting for a ruling from Judge Glenn Joyle on whether Dr. Rusin and Pallister even had the constitutional right to implement these restrictions um, in the first place. And, um, you know, I don't expect any ruling to take place until long after Manitoba is completely open and Manitoba has moved away from all lockdowns and restrictions and no one will be held accountable. At least, maybe Pallister might be the only one held accountable because according to his polling numbers, uh, NDP's Wob Canoe has a 20% lead as of right now. So... You know, he might be the only one held responsible for this, but uh, yeah, it's crazy to me. It's crazy that our media is so quiet on kids going to school, but yet they don't want adults who could be fully immunized out and about. So overall, it was short and pointless news conference. Uh, Bruce has stated a few times that we're only a few days into these orders, so there'll be no changes coming anytime soon. Basically, continuing with the non, non-science approach, uh, Canadian health ofif- officials say it's safe for fully vaccinated Canadians to gather indoors and not wear masks. But because that Manitoba was late to the third wave, Rusin claims that we cannot safely have fully vaccinated Manitobans indoors without masks. That does not make sense at all. COVID doesn't care if you're late or early to the wave. You know, it's either safe or not safe. And Canadian officials are saying it's safe. So science would say it's just as safe for Manitobans to do it. So why the control? It's not about science, you know. If it's safe for the rest of the Canadians to open up who are fully vaccinated, then it's safe to do it here too, you know. I think it's more about filling the coffers with enforcement money than uh following signs but that's just my opinion let me know in the comments below what you think about that why do you think that manitoba is lagging so far behind in their reopening plans when they could just look to jurisdictions all around us and uh see what's going on all right manitoba though in other news coming out of manitoba and i guess mainly across canada but uh Because of the recent discoveries of residential school graves and burial sites, like I said earlier, uh, there's been a growing call for Cancel Canada Day. And it's trending on Twitter and on Facebook. And I'm sure you've all seen the posts and the tweets calling for it. And I don't know how you guys think, but I think this is friggin' outrageous. Um, I can't believe it's actually gaining speed and more and more people are calling for this. Um, Some politicians are even, believe it or not. I'm pleasantly surprised and shocked that both Premier Pallister and Mayor Bowman are not calling for the cancelling of Canada Day, which blows me away. And uh, in the even bigger shocker, Trudeau isn't even calling for it. And that, that, I mean, I'm pretty sure he hates Canada (laughs) and he's not even calling for it. But there are some jurisdictions, I know some out east are actually cancelling Canada Day. And uh, like I said, some politicians, one that sticks out is MP Michelle Rempel-Garner, who is a Conservative MP in Alberta, which, and you know, I find it odd this is coming from her. Usually I agree with a lot of stuff she says. But she recently was tweeting in a Washington Post article, basically demonizing Johnny McDonald for his involvement of residential schools in Canada. And uh, I mean, I, like I said a million times, agree that how horrible residential schools are and the effects that it had. But I don't think that we should cancel Canada Day for our past mistakes. But here's the, I'm going to read her tweet and the article that she posted. So it says, quote, Hundreds, thousands, question mark, more, question mark, of children dead in unmarked graves. After dying from disease or neglect, being stolen from their parents to be indoctrinated into the social mores of their colonizers, while we stand on their traditional lands, comma, should, for fuck's sakes, at least be considered. And the article that she tweeted uh, from the Washington Post, it says, uh, John A. Macdonald, Canada's first prime minister, who explained the aim of the residential school system before the House of Commons in 1883. Quote, when the school is on the reserve, the child lives with its parents, who are savages, he said. And though he may learn to read and write, his habits and training and mode of thought are Indian, end quote. It had been pressed on him, he said, that Indigenous children should be withdrawn. So, that's the that's the piece of the uh, Washington Post article that she tweeted. So, let me say again, what Canada did at, with the residential schools is horrible, and it should definitely be talked about, and it should be taught in schools, and it should be fixed. And my heart goes out to all the families... Uh, that have been affected by this Um, it's truly horrible if I for like if if I put myself in their shoes and I think what I would do uh, if the Canadian government came and took my child away from me and forced them to go to a school hours and hours away from home and and started teaching them a different language and stripping them of their culture and their heritage you know what I would do I I'd probably be in jail like I agree it's fucking horrible what, what we did to them um, it's kidnapping, it definitely is kidnapping, uh, so I feel for them, and like I said, uh, what those politicians did back then, John A. McDonald included, was fucking horrible, but I, personally, right now, don't feel guilt for something that I didn't do, nor would I agree with, you know, that's not my candidate, that's not me, Right now in 2021, we celebrate Canada because we learn from our mistakes and we don't repeat them. You know, we become better as a country. That's why we celebrate Canada Day. We had shitty politicians back then, but guess what? We have shitty politicians now. So like in the present, I don't feel responsible for what Trudeau does to Canada nor or to what he does to Canadians or what he does abroad. You know, he himself does not represent Canada. He's just one man. We 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 celebrate our supposed rights and freedoms. Um COVID kind of put that into perspective that I don't know if we even have those rights and freedoms, but that is what we're supposed to be celebrating, you know. Um not not the black eyes. Like we celebrate because we move past the bad. I find it really weird reading tweets from Manitobans to cancel Canada Day when these tweets are coming from their iPhone, which are being manufactured by slaves right now. You know what I mean? Like, I bet those slaves would love Canada Day and they would give anything to freely celebrate and openly celebrate Canada Day. Like, there's modern day slaves right now and Manitobans and Canadians as a whole, like we were so privileged that we could use a product manufactured by slaves and calling out our bad, like it's ridiculous. I have a hard time taking these people serious. Um, especially you know, there's there's people on Twitter. I've I've seen some posts where um they're saying that they're, they're tweeting out that they told their kids that they won't be celebrating Canada Day this year, which I find just fucking disgusting, especially these millennials have enjoyed and celebrated Canada Day their whole life, but now they want to take out what politicians did like 50 to 100 years ago on their kids and prevent them from enjoying and celebrating what Canada is today. You know what I mean? Like this this is so selfish for them growing up and, and their whole life. They got to enjoy it. And this is not new information. So they're just fucking hypocrites, selfish hypocrites, man. Like, of course, our country has black eyes. No country is perfect. But to cancel Canada Day because we fall short of perfection is fucking ridiculous. Blaming all Canadians for what a few, especially in the political class, did back then, uh, back then is akin to just blaming all white people for when a white person does something wrong. Like, you just you lose me. It goes over. I glaze over when I hear shit like that. This is where groupthink brings you. Instead of looking at the individual and judging the individual, they look at the group uh, that they're a part of, usually based on an unchangeable characteristic like skin color, or in this case, it's just where you were born, and they blame the whole group. You know what I mean? Johnny McDonald fucked up and did some bad shit back then, and he's Canadian, i.e. all Canadians are guilty. That is ridiculous. Going by that metric, there isn't a place on earth that could be celebrated, okay? And that includes the pre-colonization of Canada, because the indigenous groups that were here before, the white people, did some horrific shit to each other. So, like, no one's perfect. No one is perfect. But we celebrate because we move past the bad. You know, in World War II, we segregated Japanese Canadians and we put them in internment camps. That was fucking wrong. We could look back at that and realize as a country we fucked up and we make a point to do better in the future. And we did like we went to war with Afghanistan and we didn't segregate Muslims or put, um, you know, people from those countries in in internment camps. Like, we've we've learned from our mistakes as a country. Where does cancelling Canada Day get us? It does nothing for the victims of the residential schools. It just puts a further divide among Canadians. And I think that's something the that politicians need. They need us fighting with each other. So then we all don't just put the blame on who it truly deserves to be put on. And that's them. The fact that MP Michelle Garner wants to hold me and my friends and family who want to celebrate Canada Day responsible for what John A. MacDonald did or any other politician did for that matter uh, is just ridiculous. It's it's like holding my 14-year-old responsible for what a Prime Minister blackface does. And you know what I mean? That's basically the same metrics to go by. We should hold my 14-year-old white daughter responsible for an adult who just loves to wear black and brown face because one day he's going to grow up to be our prime minister. You know what I mean? So it's ridiculous to hold us responsible for Johnny McDonald just like it's crazy to hold my daughter responsible every time Justin Trudeau decides to put on blackface. But I've also seen a lot of... uh tweets saying like why don't we light candles this year instead of fireworks as if like somehow that makes any difference at all it literally makes no difference to those people i say why not do both or at least allow both like you could watch fireworks with your friends and family and celebrate canada day and celebrate what canada is today and you could light a candle while enjoying the fireworks to remember the victims of the residential school system literally a win-win you know what I mean? Or you could just stay at home. You could avoid the fireworks if you don't want to. And you could light a candle. And you could let others go and celebrate Canada Day. There's no need to cancel it. It's not one or the other. You could take the good with the bad. Um, I say this kind of jokingly. But honestly, it's millenni- millennials. And I am one of them. But they just love digging up dirt from like the greatest generation. And the baby boom- boomer generation. And just implying guilt. And Gen Z just can't wait to take all that guilt. They just love it. They love just blaming themselves. And it's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) You know what I mean? So uh, I'm not having it. Again, I don't feel guilty for something that I didn't do or would agree with. So if you want to stay home and light a candle, that's completely up to you. If you want to go out and celebrate Canada Day... That is completely up to you, or if you want to do both. But I want to end the show by reading you a tweet thread from at CAF in U.S. So it's at CAF in U.S., Canadian Armed Forces in U.S. Wow, I beat that to death. But this is an example of someone who knew how to take the good and the bad from the country that he lived in. And from what this gentleman went through in Canada and how he was treated by our political class in Canada, I would say he had a deep love for Canada based on his actions and life choices. I'm speaking out of my ass. Obviously, I don't know how he really felt. But for someone to fight for the country more than once tells me he loves his country, even though it isn't perfect. And uh, when he got home, it seems like he wanted to fight for change not for cancelling and there's a big difference there. So I'm talking about none other than Sergeant Tommy Prince and uh, man, this guy was a beast. So I love reading about military history and so I was kind of pumped when I started reading this thread. I'm looking forward to actually reading up more on Sergeant Tommy Prince. Uh, Like hopefully there's some shit about his war stories because like I said, this guy sounds like a beast, man. And what's really cool is, um, he, his great great, yeah, his great great grandfather was Chief Pegwis, who, in case you don't know, played a big role in, in making Manitoba. And he was actually part of the first treaty signed in Western Canada. So his, uh, family has some deep Manitoba heritage. And, um, yeah, this is just a perfect example of, um, of of a guy who who can understand that there's problems within the country, but you could still love your imperfect country. But here's here's the thread. I'm just going to read it out to you guys. So, like I said, at C-A-F-I-N-U-S. They took him from his family. At Elkhorn Residential School, Canada tried to take everything from him. But Tommy Prince, the great-great-grandson of Chief Peguis, survived. When Canadian recruiters turn him away, several times he persists. He enlists in June 1940. By 1942, he is among a select group of Canadian soldiers who merge with the Americans. They form the first special service force, the forebears of today's special forces. Soon enough, he's hunting Nazis. Sneaking behind enemy lines, he regularly raids their quarters as they sleep, he steals their shoes from their feet, and he leaves notes. Quote, the worst is yet to come, end quote. The Nazis are horrified. Italy, February 1944. Carrying a telephone, he crawls to a farmhouse within 200 yards of the Nazis to report their movements. When the phone line is cut, he is isolated and ineffective. He abandons his position and heads back to safety, right? It's Tommy Prince, come on. He puts on farmer's clothes and heads out to tend to the field right in front of the enemy. They fall for it. Pretending he's tying his shoes, he repairs the phone lines and returns to the house. But not before shaking his fist at some Nazis. He stays in the house for two more days calling in artillery strikes and sharing valuable details about the enemy movements. They give him the military's medal. For his shape-shifting feat. France, September 1944. Sergeant Tommy, Pr- Sergeant Prince and other soldiers are on a reconnaissance, reconnaissance mission deep inside Nazi territory. They see the enemy surrounding and outnumbering French partisans. Two men couldn't change the seemingly inevitable outcome, right? Tommy Prince wasn't the type to leave people in need. The two men remain concealed and start picking off enemy soldiers. They surprise the Nazis, inflicting enough casualties to force a retreat. Two soldiers force the retreat. The French thought 50 came to the rescue. The Americans give him the U.S. silver star. Quote, the keen sense of responsibility and devotion to duty displayed by Sergeant Prince in his keeping with the highest traditions of the military service and Reflects great credit upon himself and the armed forces of the Allied nations. End quote. After the war, he returns home. Like his fellow in- Indigenous veterans, he doesn't receive the same benefits as non Indigenous veterans. He risked everything for Canada and returned to the same Canada that still considered him less than equal. Tommy Prince spends years after the war fighting for Indigenous rights. He fought the Nazis for Canada. Canada fought against him. At the outbreak of the Korean War, he signs up to fight again. Think about that. In Yang, he helps defend the freedom of people he would never meet. He's with the Patricias when they earn a U.S. Presidential Unit Citation. He fought for strangers overseas and returned to Canada and the same injustice. Please understand what Tommy Prince survived. Please understand what he endured. The Nazis in World War II, the Chinese in Korea, the residential schools in Canada. We will see you, Tommy Prince of Broken Head Ojibwe Nation. Tommy Prince uh sorry, Tommy Prince survived the place they called school. Thousands of children did not. Please read about what Canada did in those places. And it's a link to the NCTR, which stands for uh, national Oh, let me pull it up. I don't want to fuck it up. It's the, yeah, it's the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report. So you can have a read of that. But yeah, so I would just say that that's a good example of a of a Manitoban that can understand there's problems within the country, but a country still worth fighting for, since he signed up for two wars to fight for this country. So, um. You know, I just want to say a special shout out to all our Canadian forces, past and present, this Canada Day. Good and bad, whether we agree or disagree on any political topic, I'm thankful we live in a country where we can have these disagreements openly and freely. So I'm thankful there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of Canadians out there who are willing to put it all on the line. You know, for us Canadians who just eat Cheetos and type me included in that group so like i said a big shout out to all our canadian forces um i usually never agree with the politicians but here on the manitoba freethinker podcast we have a deep love and respect for our soldiers so we will always 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 support our troops so this canada day like i said a big shout out to all the canadian armed forces But that's going to do it for today's show, Manitoba. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank you once again for listening. Please like, share, subscribe. Do all that good stuff that helps out the show. And, uh, you know, if you didn't like it, share it with someone you hate. And I'll piss them off for a half hour. But if you want to follow me, you can follow me at MBFreeThinker on Twitter. Or you can go to mbfreethinker.wordpress.com, and there'll be links to all my previous episodes. Um, I'm on most of the podcast platforms, but there's a few of them I'm still not on, like Apple, for example. Apparently, they don't like my artwork. Doesn't have enough pixels for them. But anyways, Manitoba, thank you so much. Love you guys. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, Hope you enjoy your Canada Day. Have a very wonderful Canada Day. And uh, I'll check you guys uh, in a couple days. Bye.